been hearing some good stories. Um, some of you sharing on Facebook, ran into one of you in the office, ran into one of you this morning, uh, just talking about things going on in your neighborhood, and it, it's exciting. Some of them are, are positive stories. Uh, some of them are not so positive stories. Uh, most of it's just stuff that happens. I mean, just regular stuff. When you start engaging with your neighbors, Wayne t- uh, shared with me a, a letter this morning that some uh, neighbors sent him, and there's a connection there, and it makes me wonder if, if if these neighbors are part of a church that's also doing neighboring, I hope so. Uh, it's pretty cool to think about uh, churches all over America taking seriously this love your neighbor uh, greatest commandment that Jesus gave us. Um, one of you told me a while back, uh, when you moved into your neighborhood, somebody came over with some cookies, a neighbor, a uh, very sweet thing to do. Uh, but once they found out you were not of their religion, they have not talked to you again. And when you talk to them, they won't even make eye contact. So, yeah, not so great. Uh, by the way, every neighbor has a jerk, right? If you can't think of who that jerk is, then, well, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> One of you told me that you were putting in a, one of those TV wall mounts a couple of weeks ago, uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl, and you needed a, uh, a stud finder, and you went to one of your neighbor's house to ask for that, and sure enough, they had one. But by the way, this isn't a joke. There is an actual device called a stud finder, okay? Uh, but as, as they were putting new batteries in, they broke it. So, But stuff happens when we interact with people. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good, but most of it's just boring old uh, relationship building stuff and everyday stuff that goes on between between neighbors but we're trying to do what jesus called us to do we we invite but we we invited some neighbors over for dinner this week and it turned out they couldn't make it so we had these two awesome pot pies that isla made and we took one uh three or four doors down to john and Susie, some neighbors that we know pretty well and and they devoured that pot pie but we're just trying to get out there and, and reach and uh, out to our neighbors and it's not a it's not a, a a new program of the church or anything like that. There aren't 10 easy steps. This is not a, a science, okay? Um, this is just building relationships with our neighbors. It's being Jesus to our neighbors. It's trying to let Jesus love our neighbors through us. We are the body of Christ. And it takes time, right? Uh, it takes time. Uh, but it's important to the Lord. We've seen that over the past few weeks, so it needs to be important to us, and I put something in, in, in the bulletin this morning, and it's, it's not important. It's just kind of like imagining over maybe three months or six months or a year how, how this would kind of look through the eyes of, of a conversation. And, and so the first thing the, is, is maybe you're, you're seeing someone for the first time as you're walking your dog or whatever, and you just say, hey, to your neighbor. And uh, you get to know their name, so the next time you see them, you say, hey, Sam. Uh, And then the next time, you say, hey, Sam, how's it going? Um, And eventually, you're getting to know a little bit more information about Sam. So the next time is, hey, how's your kid's Eagle Scout project going? And then as, as you build little by little, it's, hey, what time are, Sam, are you and Karen coming over for dinner? And eventually, you know, the hope is eventually you'll start having conversations about stuff that's a little more important. Um, some big things going on in their lives. Uh, maybe some, some spiritual things. And, and when, when, when they open up, you just are, are aware to the Spirit's prompting there. And you say, hey, 
would you mind if, if, if we pray for you and caring about this? And in all likelihood, they'll be, definitely, please pray for us. But there may be that moment where they're asking you, or they're sharing something that's really serious that's going on in their life, or, or they're asking you a spiritual question, or they're interested in their Bible, or they're interested in your church. And, and so we're going to be alert to those things. We're not going to force the, the issue with anybody, but we're going to let the Spirit work in our relationships, and we're going to see what God does with it. Uh, as we love our neighbors as Jesus has called us to. Brennan Manning, uh, a, a Catholic priest, wrote this. I think it's, it's really interesting about the idea of loving our neighbors. He wrote, genuine Christianity, genuine Christianity pulls us away from that stupefying, specious religion that points to some future opportunity to practice virtue on some misty ideal. Christ wants, he writes, Christ wants Christians to live in the present, to love now, to touch this person in concrete circumstances. His word pulls us away from every form of escape from involvement with others. And that's what we see, right? When we watch Jesus, we pay attention to Jesus throughout the Gospels. Jesus, in most of the stories we have of Jesus interacting with people, these were unplanned interactions. These were not things, uh, people had not scheduled appointments with Jesus. Uh, they were, they're not things we read about because he had this scheduled uh, speaking engagement or anything like that. Mostly what we read about in these stories that we have in the Gospel is just Jesus. Jesus interacting with people, just Jesus loving the neighbor that he comes across. But in each case, there is this constant, right? He listens to them. He addresses their need. If they have a need, he speaks a word of encouragement to them. And he is open, Jesus is open to letting the Father interrupt, interrupt whatever schedule that he has so that he, that he can connect with this person that he comes across. Jesus really exemplified what Paul wrote about in the book of Colossians uh, to these Christians in Colossae. And I want you to read this passage with me. I think this really gets to what we're talking about here. Colossians 4, 5, if you would read this with me. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Live wisely in your neighborhood. Just make the most of every opportunity opportunity. You don't have to manufacture opportunities. You can do that if you want, but make the most of those that the Spirit puts before you. Now, in, in the Gospels, one of these everyday opportunities for Jesus happened around his neighborhood uh, where he spent most of his time in his ministry up around the Sea of Galilee, the town of Capernaum, and he came across a public official named Levi, better known to us as Matthew, the author of the first uh, gospel we have. But here's what happens when they met and they began this friendship in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 27. Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi at his job, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. 
Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. Big party here. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, Healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. And the story goes on. This is a continual thing for Jesus. One day people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples, they, they fast and pray regularly, as do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Why are you guys always socializing? Why are you guys hopping from one party to the next? And here's what I love about the story. Um, this is authentic, it's organic, it's, it's natural, it's all of those things. It's, it's two men meeting each other, having a first conversation and then many others to follow. It is two guys starting a friendship. That's what this story is. But tucked into the details of Jesus and Levi, we have kind of the nuts and bolts of neighboring if we pay attention. And let's just start out with kind of the posture that Jesus comes into this with. So this is the full, first bullet point on your outline. And again, it goes back to that word opportunities that Paul talked to the Colossians about. It's this, my eyes are always open for everyday situations where I can naturally interact with neighbors. Just those meeting at the mailbox moments or, or walking your dog and, and you have an intersection with somebody there moments. And, and we have Jesus, he's just leaving town and there's a guy sitting there and he starts a conversation with him. And I mean, Luke doesn't write... Um, you know, Luke doesn't write, as Levi arrived for his 1015 appointment with Rabbi Jesus, that's, it wasn't scheduled, okay? Jesus is on his way somewhere else. He's leaving town. And there's Levi. He sees Levi, and he observes something in Levi that makes him want to stop and talk with Levi. And so they have this conversation. Now, not every neighbor wants to have a conversation with us. We know that. It's not always a convenient time for a... We know that. Uh, but here's the thing. This is the second thing there on the outline this morning. This is the thing. I'm going to be open to this. I'm going to be looking for these opportunities. I'll look to start conversations with my neighbors. I'm going to be a conversation starter. If it goes somewhere, great. If it doesn't, great. But I'm going to start conversations. Um, so the backstory here, and, and you're probably aware of this, but... People didn't typically like tax collectors back then. Um, Jews certainly didn't like these Roman collaborators, you know, working for the Roman IRS. I mean, people dodged tax collectors like, the, like they had the flu bug or something. I mean, if you, if you started talking to a tax collector, they might try to tax you for something. I mean, that's what they did. But Jesus stops and he talks to Levi. Jesus takes the initiative here. And Jesus is really bold. I, you probably noticed this if you're reading the story, this thing. Hey, Levi, follow me. And Levi leaves everything and follows Jesus. So, yes, Jesus has this, he's the son of God. He has this spiritual x-ray vision. He knows that 
that Levi is ready for significant life change. He knows that Levi has been waiting for a moment like this. So yes, right then, right there, he says, follow me. I wouldn't recommend being this direct with your neighbor in your first conversation with them. But the principle is still there. It is the principle of being a conversation starter. Jesus sees him. Jesus talks to him. Other people did not see. They turned their eyes away from Levi. They certainly didn't start a conversation with him. But Jesus did. So neighboring, look, this is not a program. It's not something you're going to do to your neighbor. It is starting a relationship with your neighbor. And relationships are, are a two-way street. There's mutuality in these friendships that we begin with people. So the next bullet point is this. It is that opportunities to build relationships abound in helping others and in asking for help. There's these two sides because it's a relationship. It's not just a ministry where you're helping someone. It's a relationship, and we see that in the story. We tend to think, um, okay... I'm the Christian here. I need to find some way to serve this person. And absolutely, there's nothing wrong with serving other people. All right. But friendships involve both people serving. There's mutual, they're both people helping. Both people uh, bring something to the table. And, and, you know, one way to connect with a neighbor might be, you know, knock on the door. Here's, some, here's a dozen cookies that we baked. Um, we're glad that we're neighbors. Or just as, as impactful, even, perhaps even more, is knocking on the door and saying, hey, could you help me out? I want to bake cookies, but I don't have any flour. Could I borrow a cup of flour and maybe bring a few of those cookies by after you're done? But it is not just offering help, but asking for help. And sometimes the more powerful connection is asking someone for help. Because when you ask someone for help, you're communicating they have value. They are important. Uh, you need them. Um, so this is the next thing. Yeah, that's it. It's just helping others and asking for help. And Jesus, that's what happens in the story, right? Jesus doesn't just serve Levi. Jesus allows Levi to serve him. It's not just a one-way relationship. I'm the son of God. I have all the answers. I have all power. I will serve you. I, I can meet all your needs. He allows Levi, no, he allows Levi to serve him. He, eat, he, he enjoys Levi's home and hospitality. He eats Levi's food. He drinks Levi's beverages. Maybe he borrows some of Levi's jeans. I don't know. But... <laughs> But look for ways to connect, right? By helping someone and asking for help. Um, and this one is a big theme in the story. Next bullet point here. I will seek to model Jesus in offering hospitality and friendship to others without judgment. People are expecting us to judge. Religious people always expect this, right? And that's not, this is why Jesus kind of shocks the establishment, right? He doesn't go around judging all of these sinners. He goes around loving all of these sinners. I mean, thus the question uh, translated in the New Living Translation of verse 30, why do you eat with such scum? The religious establishment asks Jesus. Why are you hanging out with losers like Levi? Um, healthy people, Jesus said, don't need a doctor. Sick people do, and you know the story. Um, he basically uh, tells them, look, caring for people who are sinful, who have lifestyles that are not God-honoring, 
um, relating to people who are broken. That's why I'm here. That's what my life is about, sharing the love of God with these people. And this welcoming attitude, this non-judgmental spirit, as you follow Jesus through the gospel, I mean, he is a magnet for people. Um, Everybody wants to be around him because they can feel the love of God just radiating from him. Uh, The next thing would be this. As relationship grows, this is kind of reaching that, going from that, regular old neighbor relationship to a more spiritual dimension so as that relationship goes I will look for opportunities to connect people with Jesus this may or may not happen right Um, but we've got to pay attention to the cues because the spirit is going to lead some of these people to want to go deeper with us and it, it, it certainly happens here Levi models this for us. I mean, Levi's the guy who's, I want my friends to meet Jesus. I want my friends for, to experience this amazing person, Jesus Christ. And so he invites everybody over to his house. Who? He invites people just like him, all of his, all the buddies that he runs with. Now, you may only get to this place with one or two of your neighbors where you get to kind of connect them with Jesus. That's okay. We just want to pay attention to the clues in our conversations, right? If, if someone is, is wanting to talk to you or with you about spiritual things or, or go deep and, or, or, or wants you to pray about something or wants to know more about your church or more about some passage of the Bible that's confusing. Those are spiritual clues. They're asking you to, to connect with them on a spiritual level and that's our opportunity to, to help them connect to Jesus, which is what ultimately we want for every person to connect with the one who came to save them and to give them a life with abundance. Well, Levi invited all of his friends over so they could meet Jesus. He wasn't just throwing a party, right? Levi was throwing a party with a purpose. Uh, and we, we don't know how many of his friends ended up following Jesus. We don't know if, if any of his friends ended up following Jesus. But what we know is Levi did what he could to lead his friends to Christ, to share Jesus with his friends. And finally... Um, The final bullet point there, I am committed to making neighboring a regular part of my lifestyle, not just a one-time thing. This isn't like, hey, my church is doing this, we're going to do this in 2018 or something. I mean, this this is a lifestyle thing, and you see it if you pay attention to the story with that final question that they ask Jesus, or, or they ask his disciples, like, why are you guys always at these parties? Why are you always hanging out? Um, with people, eating and drinking. And and that gives us a clue there that Jesus, he didn't just occasionally do neighboring. It was his lifestyle. Um, It bugged the religious teachers of the day, but Jesus knew that spending time with people around the table, uh, eating and drinking with people, and, and, and talking with people, this is the way that you show that you care about them, that you want to hang out with them. Uh, so this gets us, I, I couldn't help but think this week, back in 2015, we did a little video because we heard the story about how Laura Dalton was doing this interesting thing called the turquoise table. She put this uh, turquoise picnic table in her front yard and she started hanging out out there in the yard with her kids and stuff and then starting to get to the neighbors and the thing kind of started uh, mushrooming and she was building this. So we did a video about her and this, this just 
how she was caring for neighbors and building relationships with them. And it's interesting, since that video in 2015, um, this... This is such a powerful thing, and it's, it, 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 people feel this need to connect to neighbors that, that the Dallas Morning News actually put her in the lifestyle section and did this feature article on her. And that, that article, I was looking at that this week, I took the screenshot, and at the bottom of that page, it has over 411,000 likes. So it's connecting with people. And what I want to do is just show you this video again, because this is just one of our, our, our Press and Crest uh, folks that's just decided to take this seriously is way out in front of us, and we're just trying to keep up with Laura, but check out her story once again um, this morning. Eric and I have always wanted to know our neighbors. When we were first married, we lived in an apartment complex, and we didn't want to let that stop us from having people over and getting to know people around us so we had a lot of people over when we moved into our house same thing I would accidentally cook too much food then I would take the kids outside and we went door knocking <laughs> and invited our neighbors over to have meals with us it's something that we have tried to do getting to know our neighbors I have a, a dear friend in our neighborhood we're also Facebook friends and she started posting about inviting people to your table but having the table be outside so I got one over Easter, she got one soon after, and we've had a couple organized events at our tables. We had a coffee and donuts party. We invited our whole block, which is 30 houses, 30 houses. We had no idea who would come, but the, the coolest thing was that the neighbors that we knew didn't know each other. So it was a good connecting thing to start off, to kind of kickstart this turquoise table in our front yard. And since then, Oh, it's been a roller coaster of, um, of things that have happened that the Lord has just brought to us as a family. One of my neighbors is having a lot of trouble, and so um, we and some of my other neighbors are trying to help her through some of her struggles. Another one of my neighbors' houses got flooded and came to us and said, I have standing water in my house, and it's been sitting there for a week. And we said, you're going to stay with us tonight. A very obvious way that we share Jesus with them is by praying before our meals. And for my neighbor in distress, it's been very meaningful um, to pray before a meal because we include some of the things that she's going through in our prayer. <laughs> very few of our neighbors go to church. Um, very few of our neighbors love Jesus. I've had a lot of conversations with my kids about how we act as a family, what we say, and what we don't say, um, because our neighbors don't have um, those filters um, around my kids. But it doesn't stop us from still going outside and still getting to know our neighbors. Having a table in your front yard is a great, easy way to get to know your neighbors. And just from what I've shared through Facebook, um, I think the count is up to eight of my friends have also gotten turquoise tables or just tables and chairs in their front yard and are trying to be intentional about their efforts in their community and their neighborhood and getting to know their immediate neighbors. So I think the turquoise table idea is easy. It's not something that you have to wait for permission from a church minister to do. It's not something that you have to invite your friends to the church building because that's very intimidating. You don't even have to clean your house for it. 
I think that showing our neighbors how we love our kids and how Eric and I love each other as man and wife and as a family, how we kind of do life together, I hope that it's a testimony to how Jesus is in our family and in our home. All right, Laura, and she's here, so I can't help. I got to We got to get a little update because that was that's been a while. So tell us what's going on with your table. Yeah, stand up if okay. you would. Hi. <laughs> so that was almost three years ago that we put the table in our front yard. We've had another kid since then, um, and I want to share a couple stories. I did have a heads up about sharing an update, so I've prepared a little bit, but I wanted to share a story um, that happened yesterday, actually, um, that is just the the best picture of how this has impacted our neighborhood. Um, so we, my neighbor, um, like diagonal from me across the street, her name is Cindy, and she came to me two weeks ago and said, Lindsay, who's down the street, um, still on our block, Lindsay is having a baby soon. We need to have a baby shower for her. So I said, okay, let's do it. She said, but we need a place to have it. <clears throat> I said, well, how about here? What a good idea. <laughs> so um, in two weeks, we put together this baby shower. And really, Cindy did most of the work. It was just happened to be at my house. And um, 12 of our neighbors could come. And this is just from our block on our, like the neighbor across the street next to her, just in our vicinity. And 12, in two weeks, luckily they didn't have anything going on this weekend. And I was thinking the weather turned like really cold yesterday, but even if it iced over or snowed, we could still have it because all they would have to do is walk across to our house. Um, A funny thing is I couldn't start my fire. Apparently I don't know how to start a fire in my fireplace. Um, So I had my neighbor Vicki, who has fires all the time, come over and she made fun of me, um, but she got that fire started. But we all, the point is we all worked together to kind of make this happen. And it was so sweet. And um, it has been since... um, we really, the last time we got together was probably over Halloween. Um, a few of us got together for Christmas to do caroling, but it's not like we do this every week or anything, um, but we try to, you know, if we haven't gotten our neighbors together in a while, we try to think of ways to, to get people together. So um, it was just a really cool uh, day yesterday, and it was so sweet, and people talked about um, the fact that the turquoise table brought all, all of us together and how our neighborhood is just getting better and better. Like it's, it's, it's been really sweet to yesterday. was just a really sweet day. Um, another thing I want to share is how it's, um, affected our family. I took the kids out, (laughs) um, the other day, back in January, I took the kids outside, um, because it was a nice day. And last mother's day, I, I, for myself, I bought myself a, one of those net swings and put it in the front yard. So we would have something to do other than just sit awkwardly at a table, um, in our front yard. So we were having snack out in the front yard and, um, playing on the swing. And we saw this family (laughs) start to walk down the street. We kind of are in the valley of our street so we could see them from far away and they were coming towards us and Garrett, (laughs) it was a, it was a mom who was pregnant with their second kid, a the dad and the two-year-old son. And Garrett was like, hi, hi, my name is Garrett. I'm six. This is Alice. She's four. This is Clivey Poo or Clivey Monster. We call him all sorts of names. He's almost two. And by the time they got to our house, there was no avoiding us. Like they, they couldn't awkwardly turn around and walk the other way. But um, 
the, the mom's name is Amanda, and we got to talking, and somehow we got to talking about, like, where we go to church. And I said, oh, we go to Preston Crest. It's off of 635, and it's far away from here, but we go there because that's where our, our roots are, our people are. And um, it, it, you can see the steeple from the high. I'm sure you all describe this church in that way, too. <laughs> um, and she said, you know what? I mentored a girl. I don't know if I've told you this. I mentored a girl at UTD that became a believer because of something at your church. And I was like, you're talking about friend speak. Friends speak, where'd George go? He was over there. He's left. Um, so it was so, and Eric and I do friends speak, and it was so cool that wow. Preston Crest yeah. is involved in our community, and it's, we partner with other believers to bring about change in our world, right. and it was just such a cool connection. So I have Amanda's phone number, and we've hung out a couple times, and her house is actually the same floor plan as our house, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, it's been a really cool thing, and I, I love how, how Garrett has just taken the neighboring thing to a whole new level. <laughs> so. Garrett's, uh, Garrett's running the circles around us already, so we've got to keep up with... So, he's, Garrett, you're six? Wow, man. You're doing a great job of getting to know the neighbors. Let's give them a round of applause. and. I want to be more like Eric and Laura and Garrett and Alice, you know, they're doing a great job. But so, but I mean, as, as I hear that story and hear what's going on, there, there's no expectation that you are going to do neighboring exactly like the Dalton family, all right? Don't stress. Uh, just the idea is that each of us will recognize what the Lord, uh, that, that the Lord has placed us in our neighborhood, that this is kind of our micro-mission field, and that he wants for us to use our home uh, to love people and to, and to love these neighbors that he's placed around us. And I want to close this morning with a little piece that I read from someone who's kind of been a pioneer in neighboring. Her name is Rosaria Butterfield, and she wrote this in, in Openness Unhindered. I'll just read her words. And Laura, your story reminds me of what she writes here. She says, uh, she says don't let pride stop you from opening your home. Ignore the cat hair on the couch or in the mac and cheese. <laughs> it likely, and this is so good, it likely won't kill anyone as decisively as loneliness will. Add as much water to the pot to stretch the soup. If you run out of food, make pancakes. Put the kids in charge of making the meal. See how much fun that is. And know that someone is spared. And then she gets really concrete here. Know that someone is spared from another humiliating fall into internet pornography because he's, he's instead walking with you and your kids and dogs. Know that someone is spared the fear and darkness of depression because she is needed at your house where her place at the table is needed and necessary and relied upon. Know that someone is drawn into Christ's love. Know that host and guest are equally precious and fragile. And that you will play both roles throughout the course of this life. The doors here open wide. They must. Now, if we do this as a church family, 
I'm not great at math, but obviously there would be hundreds of neighborhoods that would be touched. Thousands of neighbors that will be touched and loved. If we follow the Lord into our neighborhood, there's just there's really no doubt, right, that amazing things, well, they already are happening, but even more amazing things are going to happen through this church. And so it just really... It really gets me excited to see what God is going to do because as, as I hear Laura share and I hear other of you sharing what's going on, there's this adventurous nature to this. There's this unpredictability about it. The only thing we know for sure is that God wants us to do this and that he's going to show up if we start taking this seriously. This morning, if you need to respond to the gospel and like Levi, give your life to Christ, you can do that today. You can be baptized into Jesus today. Maybe you just need prayers, and we would love to help you um, bring whatever need you have before the Father. But let's respond as together we stand and sing.